the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, what's going on, everyone? So it's the Angatulo Craft Beer Cast, but we're not actually on the radio on AM nine seventy Answer. This is a special. Uh, podcast for folks uh, that listen to the beer show, and the reason why is because uh, this uh, this coming week's show is actually being preempted because of Seton Hall basketball, and uh, I wanted to get this news out there because I didn't want to wait another week to talk about this because it's it's a big deal that has happened uh, in the beer world. It's actually two, so, well, one a big deal, and the other one's sort of a big deal, but in, if only if you're a, a really a beer geek, but. Uh, Let's let's start with the basics. You can follow me on Twitter at Al Gatulo, Instagram at Gatulo G A T U L O, Facebook dot com slash A G Craft Beercast, and I post a lot of news on there. So you definitely want to follow that if you have a Facebook account. Email at Albert G at NYC Radio dot com, and don't forget iTunes, Google Play. Do a search for A G Craft Beercast. You can find all the shows on those two platforms. Give a review too if you like it, hate it, whatever. Would love that review. Uh, Alexa ready as well. We're also on the Hopped Up Network, and if you go over to the Hopped Up Network dot com. You will see the latest beer cast, which would be this one, because we are talking about two very important stories. First off, or three, sort of. Motley Crue, because I, I don't have a commercial break here or whatever. I can go for as long as I want here. Um, Motley Crue coming back. They're coming out of retirement. They're teaming up with Def Leppard, Poison, and Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. They're going to do a massive stadium tour next year. I think the closest is City Field uh, sometime in late August. They'll be playing, if you want to jump down to Philly, they're playing Citizens Bank Ballpark. Uh, but that's the two nearest areas they're playing. People probably complain, what up, PNC? What up this? Because they need a big stadium in order to do it in. Uh, am I going to go? I don't know. I, I really don't want to go out to City Field on a Sunday night, to be honest with you. To travel to Queens, for, for me, it's an easily two, two-and-a-half-hour trip with no traffic. Uh, coming back, forget it. Nightmare. I, I, I don't know if I necessarily, necessarily want to do that. But Motley Crue's back. Long story short, they had signed an agreement when they did their final tour saying that the band could not profit again and do another tour. All four would have to sign off on doing another tour. They did. They're back. They're with Def Leppard. They're with Poison. They're with Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. That sounds like a great show. Uh, And if you're going to go, fantastic. Maybe I might take the ride down to Philly because it's a Saturday night. Maybe, but we'll see about that. Anyway, the real news, though, big story. Four years after paying a billion dollars for Ballast Point Brewing, Constellation Brands, earlier this week, said, forget it. They announced an agreement to sell the San Diego craft beer brand along with a number of its associated production facilities and brew pubs to Kings and Convicts. Now, who's Kings and Convicts, you say? Well, Kings and Convicts is a little-known Chicagoland craft brewing, brewing company. Financial terms of the deal were not disclosed. Constellation says it expects the transaction to close by the end of its 2020 fiscal year. So this is probably not going to happen until probably third quarter, fourth quarter of next year, right? Maybe sooner, but I have a feeling it's not going to it's not going to happen until 
probably late, uh, late in the year next year, maybe late summer or something like that. So uh, Kings and Convicts, the CEO, Brendan Waters, spoke to Brewbound, spoke to uh, Josh Knoll from uh, the Chicago Tribune, who, by the way, sh- uh, Josh Knoll did a fantastic job on this story. Not only did he get a great story, but he also found out who the anonymous buyer was, the funder, the, basically the, the guy who was giving Brendan Waters the money to help facilitate this deal. And they said it was far less than the billion dollars that Ballast Point paid for, right? Which, I mean, would have to be, right? So Josh Knoll uh, spoke with, uh, um, uh, let's see here, with uh, Brendan Waters, and um, he uh, acknowledged on Wednesday to Josh Knoll that the investment of wine industry magnate Richard Mahoney was able to make this deal happen. Now, Mahoney, who owns the largest stake in Kings and Convicts, this brewery in Chicago, is chairman of the board of the Wine Group, which also owns wine brands that include Cupcake, Flip Flop, and Benzinger. Now, you all know about Cupcake wines. Cheap wine, about $7, $9 a bottle. They're good stuff. But again, this guy has made a lot of money. And Water says, in a quote uh, from the Chicago Tribune, Josh Knoll, he's backed me and I've made him money. He's also made a lot of money elsewhere, but he's backed me. Since 2003, Mahoney joined the investment team after Waters had established that Constellation was looking to sell the struggling Ballast Point brand. Waters said he said it was a handshake deal, and he said, I'm with you again. Uh, Waters said Mahoney had previously invested in Waters Ventures in the hotel and tech industries. He described Mahoney as a mentor for 21 years. The second and third largest shareholders in the company are Waters and his Kings and Convicts co-founder Christopher Bradley. Waters said Waters, Bradley, and Mahoney all own a similar portion of the company. Now, when they announced the deal Tuesday, Waters said his investment group had grown from four to six people to pull off the acquisition. No private equity firms are involved in the deal, he said. The group has no plans to resell Ballast Point. Waters said to Josh Knoll, we see it as a foundation. He also did not discount the possibility of acquiring more breweries. Never say never, he said by text message, followed by a smiley face emoji. I have to tell you. Josh did a great job reporting on this story. So Ballast Point, Ballast Point gets sold a uh, number of years ago for a billion dollars to Constellation. This is when AB InBev was trying to buy up all these craft breweries. Constellation comes in and says, now they Constellation does the Corona brand. They're coming out with a new Corona hard seltzer next year because they're trying to jump into the seltzer game. Um, and so they bought Ballast Point for a billion dollars. Uh, a lot of people were skeptical about the deal. I was, you know, eh, all right. Ballast Point is a very good beer. Their sculpin is excellent. Grapefruit sculpin is excellent. Their habanero one, not so much. A little too much heat. But they've made a couple of really good beers. Their porters and stouts, not bad. They've, they've done some good stuff, right? Um, but a billion dollars for this brewery. And I'm thinking to myself, that's a lot of money. A lot of money. But what Constellation, Constellation did that kind of... Um, that failed. Now you got to remember, um, Ballast Point was making about four hundred and thirty-one thousand barrels of beer per year at one point. They're on pace to make two hundred thousand barrels of beer this year, so their production has gone down significantly. Um, but what's interesting about this whole thing is that when Ballast Point was acquired, a lot of people said, "Oh, this is great! All right, so a big beer company has bought them. Now their price is going to be lowered per six pack." So. At the time before the sale, Ballast Point was selling regularly in stores for about $15 to $16 for a six-pack. High, 
at the time. Now, again, we didn't have the explosion of brewers that we've had over the last four or five years, right? But at the time, $16 was a very high price point. But I would every once in a while, I'd buy some Ballast Point because, you know, this is pretty good beer. The problem was once Constellation bought the brand, they maintained the price point at $16. You cannot get people to buy a beer. You're a billion-dollar company. You got a billion dollars to to throw away on Ballast Point. You have to make the beer more accessible to people. The one thing that AB InBev did that I felt was the right move was the moment they started buying all these breweries, they lowered the price of their beers. Blue Point went down from fourteen, fifteen dollars a six pack to ten. They got more people to buy them. Now, you agree or disagree or whatever, in the at the end of the day, Budweiser made money or is making money off of those brands, even if people may not be aware that Blue Point and others have been bought out by AB InBev. Constellation went the reverse. They did nothing. They left the, they left the beer at the price point. And my opinion was, hey, I'm going to buy a $16 six-pack of beer when I can buy a local Jersey brand or a local New York brand, and I can get it for $12 a four-pack or $14 a six-pack or whatever. That $2, that $4, it makes a difference, people. Plus, I think the other thing that Constellation did that was incorrect was they never marketed the beer. I never saw Ballast Point ads. I never saw anything that really like impacted me that said, oh, wow, I should go out and get a Ballast Point. The only thing that I saw, and I don't think Constellation ever opened it at Barclays Center, was there was going to be a Barclays Center Ballast Point like brew room or a brew pub or whatever it was, right? We'd go in and all the beer in there would be Ballast Point. They kept saying, coming soon, coming soon, coming soon. Never happened. That is a big problem. Plus, if you're not going to be able to get Ballast Point into arenas and big places like AB InBev has done with their uh, craft beer acquisitions, you're not going to sell that many. Uh, Constellation, I think, dropped the ball on this one from the very beginning. I think that they thought we pay a billion dollars, we throw we throw it out there, and we see what happens. And what happened? Nothing. Nothing happened. Their sales didn't increase. In fact, they went down. People felt abandoned. They they walked away. Um, they lost a lot of sales staff. And I'll be honest with you: when I was out in San Diego a number of years ago, it was three years ago, almost three years ago, that I was out in San Diego with my wife, we were through the Miramar area where Ballast Points facilities were. And I said to my wife, I don't want to go there. That's not the place that I want to go because most of their beers I can get on the East Coast. I want to go to places that I can't get their beer. Now, I know that Ballast Point was making certain beers and still are that are only available in their brew pubs, but we had a limited amount of time, and I didn't want to waste that time by going there and saying, all right, I'm going to try this or I'm going to try that or whatever. just wasn't worth my time. So um, the other part of this thing, Waters had told Brewbound, that the deal came about, listen to this, this is how the deal comes about. Uh, there, uh, uh, Waters was talking to an unnamed Constellation employee in July, said, can I buy the brand? Can I buy Ballast Point? Guy says, uh, it's the right, for the right money, sure. That's how the talks got started. And then suddenly, boom, here you go, they're a brewery. Now, Kings and Convicts will acquire Ballast Point's main production facility in Miramar, along with California-based brew pubs, including Anaheim, which is inside Disneyland Resort, Long Beach, and three locations in San Diego, as well as one in Chicago. Makes sense. They're in Chicago already. Uh, this brewer, perfect. Good good timing. Now, not included in the deal is the 48,260,000-square-foot Daleville, Virginia-based production facility. Constellation opened in June of 2017. So it's, it's interesting to see what will happen with that. My guess is they will probably sell it off or they'll convert it to, to make some of their other brands uh, that they have going on. Uh, Funky Buddha, Four Corners brands, maybe they'll, ha- they'll uh, shift 
uh, production into those breweries. So it's interesting. It's a you know, to me, it's an amazing deal. Now, um, Kings and Convicts also said to Brewbound they're going to retain Ballast Points employees. He to, uh, the uh, Waters told Brewbound that the company plans to hire seventy sales and marketing team members to support Ballast Point in major markets in California and on the West Coast, as well as major cities uh, such as Boston and New York. He says we're going to put boots on the ground in states that really matter. Now, the interesting thing is states that really matter, all right? So, uh, oh, also, in addition to acquiring Ballast Point, uh, the two-year-old Kings and Convicts will open a 48,000-square-foot production facility in Pleasant Prairie, Wisconsin, next year. I assume that they will have Ballast Point in there as well, as well as their own beer. Now, I don't know much about the brewery themselves. Um, You know, never had them in Chicago. Uh, it, so it's just, it's, it's really interesting what happened. So now one, so Ballast Point went from being a medium sized brewer to a big brewer that got knocked out of the craft brewing and couldn't be considered a, a craft beer. Now they're back to being a craft beer brewer. It's very interesting. Um, but it's good in, in, in some ways it's a good deal for people who are fans of Ballast Point, but in other ways, and it remains to be seen, and we're, I guess we're going to see over the next year or two is that. Will Ballast Point resonate with people again? Will people go out and buy Ballast Point now that it's being owned by a small bit, by a small owner? Okay, and I understand the guy's a billionaire, et cetera, et cetera, right? But will people go out and make that purchase for a Ballast Point beer again? Now, somebody who comments regularly on the uh, craft beer page, um, Don Boyle, he commented to me yesterday on uh, Wednesday. Uh, he said, "Well." I've seen Ballast Point beer sitting on the shelf for over a year. Nobody touches it. He's right about that. There's a lot of stuff. And it's not just Ballast Point. There's a lot of breweries that do this, where their their beer sits for a long time. The biggest thing that breweries need to start doing, okay, or get back to doing, and I think the smaller ones do this. I think the larger ones, uh, you know, it kind of falls by the wayside. And I don't think it's their. I don't think it's their fault completely. I also think it's liquor store owners that don't rotate beer properly. Uh, I think Ballast Point needs to pull all that stuff off the shelves, take the loss, get rid of it all, new fresh beer, and promote the fact that they're going to be fresh constantly. We're going to have beer in the store. We're going to get it in and out. You know, ninety days, whatever it is, whatever the shelf life date is uh, on these beers, and keep them moving. That's what they need to do in order to get people back to buying Ballast Point. There are far too many choices now in this country, local and national, uh, where you have a choice. A lot of times when I go to a liquor store or I'm in a bar, I'm going to opt to try the local beer first before I have a national brand. It's very simple. I want to try the local guy, and if the local guy is good, I want to support the local businessman. I will try national brands, but only after I've exhausted my choices with local or if there's no other option. If there's no other local option, maybe it's a chain restaurant or something, they don't have a local beer on tap, then I'm going to go with a national brand, hopefully that's independent. If it's not, you know, then maybe I don't get a beer or maybe I just get a beer and uh, I don't mention it to people that maybe I'm drinking a Blue Point or whatever. Whatever. There's a lot of beers that I like, both macro and micro, that I enjoy a lot. But at the end of the day, do I think that Ballast Point is going to regain its stature as a big brewer making 400,000 barrels a year. I don't know. Um, that remains to be seen. Will they improve now, now that they're under a small, a smaller business owner? I think so. I think, the, I think it remains to be seen, though, as to whether or not people will go out 
and purchase their beer. If I see their beer in the store in the next six months and I look at the dates and it's somewhere around January, February or whatever, maybe. But again, we don't know when this deal is going to close. It's going to close sometime next year. Certainly not the first quarter. But you would think that a, you know guys who are investing in this company who are worth billions are going to want this transaction to happen as quickly as possible. So maybe the, th- the third quarter of next year is, is too far away. Maybe it is closer. Maybe it's the second quarter of next year. That would be good. But then it remains, hey, how quickly can they get out beer, new brand? I'm sure that they may change the marketing, which Ballast Point had already changed the marketing on their labels. Maybe they're going to make another change to the labels again. Who knows? Uh, but at the, again, at the end of the day, I think it's a good deal for beer people. Uh, and for people who enjoyed Ballast Point beer, now it's back to being a craft brewer again instead of being a macro beer. Uh, but in the end, what is eventually going to happen? I don't know. Um, some people say the ship has sailed. Uh, I I want to I want to hedge my bet a little bit here. I want to see what happens uh, over the next year and see what happens to the changes and see if people go out and buy Ballast Point. Hopefully. If there are enough changes, it continues to remain a successful brand. The, the, wor- the last thing you'd want is for them to go out of business at this point. I like the fact that they're going to ramp up sales staff. I like the fact that they're going to get people out there pushing the beer. That's a good thing. Let's see if it translates into dollars. Now, Anderson Valley Brewing Company, uh, before we get out of here, they were also acquired uh, earlier this week, but I don't want to give them short shrift, so we'll talk about that on next week's program. Lisa Lopez is going to join me from City Brew Tours. That's coming up on Sunday, the 15th of December. Uh, She's going to join me, uh, City Brew Tours. They do a great tour in, in Brooklyn but she's opening up a tour down in South Jersey, uh, covering the South Jersey breweries. You definitely want to hear that interview. It's going to be a lot. It's a, it's a lot of fun. Lisa was great, and I can't wait to go on a city brew tour uh, down in South Jersey and explore some of those South Jersey breweries that I don't really get a chance to go to because of well, where I'm at in North Jersey. But anyway, uh, thanks for listening to this special edition of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast, the Ballast Point uh, Brewery being sold, Constellation Brand selling Ballast Point uh, to a company. Uh, a smaller brewery called Kings and Convicts. I will be back uh, Sunday, uh, December 15th with Lisa Lopez from City Brew Tours. Thanks again for joining me on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast.